Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Anthony with the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. <laughs> Welcome everyone to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. And we are a Camellus Anthony podcast that uh, has been known to <laughs> occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, how you doing today? Howdy and what's up, Pete? How you doing? I am good. I am good. It's been, you know, the last time we did this show last week, we were just recapping game one. We were having all kinds of glorious overreactions. And then game two came around, and then those overreactions even went bigger. It's like, oh, my God, are the Suns just going to sweep the the hapless Bucks? And then game three comes, the Bucks back in Milwaukee, a thorough trouncing of the Suns, all thanks to one Giannis Attentacumpo, the Mediterranean alien, the Giannis Adonis, <laughs> nice, whom, <clears throat> who somehow, like, I, I, I don't know if it's just, like lack of media or the fact that people love fixate that you that like the media is all fixated on his rebound or uh, excuse me on his free throws and that's like what the the running jokes always is but like this man has been nothing short of incredible uh throughout this playoff stretch and in the finals he's had back-to-back 40 and 10 games which i think this the last time that happened was Shaq. um correct and the, and the company that he's kept with is like, it's like MJ, Shaq, LeBron, as opposed to the players who've had multiple 40 and 10 uh, games in the final. Like Giannis is putting up some historic performances. And we saw it in game three where it's like when Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday decide to just be like average, the Bucks are unstoppable. Yeah. So uh, I guess now it's like, do you like, we both said Suns winning. Uh, you right. said Suns in five. I had Suns in six. Is it time to overreact to that? I don't think so because the Suns were nine of 31 from three in game three. That's 29%. Phoenix hit 23s in game two. Okay, like Booker went three of 14 from the floor, one for seven from three. He did not play in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I played only 29 minutes. I just don't think that the Suns are going to shoot that poorly again. Um, Or, you know, like for three straight games anyway. Um, And Aiton finally got in foul trouble. Well, Which, good Scott Foster. I mean, that's we just need to keep make sure he's on the roster, uh, on the court every game. I, so Aiton started the game really well. Um, he had 12 points in the first quarter, I believe. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, the Bucks won the second quarter 35 to 17. Yeah. 
Yeah. The second quarter. I, did I say third? I meant second. No, no, no. You said second. You know, you said okay. Second. Okay, good. Yeah. Chris because Paul everyone's scored... been talking about the third quarter because right. that's when people <laughs> felt like the game tipped over. But it's like right. the second quarter, the Bucks demolished. Absolutely obliterated them. Chris Paul was scored four points. Devin Booker, two points. DeAndre Ayton, four points. Cameron Payne was the leading scorer for the Suns with five points in the yeah. second quarter. Meanwhile, Middleton put up eight. Giannis put up 11. PJ Tucker put up five. Brooke Lopez, four. And Bobby Portis off the bench put up. Like, yeah, that was, that was when it just went away from it. And it is... Like I think we we knew that home field home court advantage was going to play a big part in this finals, um, and I think that, like you were saying, I wouldn't. Oh, I'm not overreacting to the point where it's like, holy shit, you know this this Bucks team. You know when it all when all the pieces click, this Bucks team is unstoppable. We knew that the Suns have all been clicking at home. The Bucks seemingly are clicking on the, at home as well, which makes sense. But we suddenly now have a series. It suddenly now has the feeling of like, this isn't the Suns, you know, Suns and four. This isn't the Suns, uh, you know, Chris Paul easily walking to a championship. Like the, the way that the Bucks won game three and the, the changes that they made, mainly getting DeAndre Ayton into foul trouble, uh, <laughs> um, that, that certainly instills confidence in this team moving forward. And I, I mean, it sounds every game is an important win game, must win game. But like game four to me feels like the linchpin game where if the Suns win and it's three, one, and you're going back to Phoenix, that's really hard to think that the bucks are going to, you know, that the bucks are going to come back and, and do anything in the series. But if the bucks win in game four and it's, you're going two two back to Phoenix, like with the bucks having, especially if they've put together two really good games and they have that momentum and maybe they've learned some things. I'll like game five, then is going to be, uh, must watch television. I mean, we have last week we did talk about how Bud, much like Tyloo, seems to use the first two games of the seven game series to mm. like figure things out. And I'm less enthusiastic about Bud changing things than I am that like Giannis just decided to demolish fucking be the best player in the nba he was like 13 for 13 in the restricted area um and you know drew and chris weren't sub mediocre you know like the bucks are inconsistent we call them stupid but what they really are is inconsistent and maybe slow to react but when they do react and everything clicks like you said then they do look great because they're so big they're so athletic and their defense can be so so terrifying well but, and when you when oh, you get sorry, it oh yeah just like <clears throat> like the drew holiday we, we we talked about this after game one game one we were like all right you literally traded for drew holiday for this express purpose to shut down the other team's you know best backcourt player um and they were not doing that in game one game two they were doing that drew holiday was all over chris paul um but wasn't putting together an offensive game to go coincide with it. But when you have, when, when Drew Holiday plays like Drew Holiday, who is an all-star player, he is a great player. One of the better point guards in this league and his defense is clicking. And when he's scoring 21 points in the third, he's shooting 50% from three, a five of 10 shooting. Like, yeah, 
that is that this team is fucking good when all of those pieces are playing at the level that we know them to play at and it's taken two games for them to ultimately have you know it didn't happen until game three and Giannis has just been like trying to keep them in a game I mean he almost single-handedly won game two when he had put together you know they should have won game two when you have really should have something like that you should win that fucking game right 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 you 100% should so uh it's certainly it's very it's much more encouraging uh and and it's just you're hoping that all that does click because I as an NBA fan would much rather watch two fully healthy rosters which the Suns have been really struggling with on that front but two like teams at their best abilities everyone playing at a high level and you just battle it out and see who can do it best so like I'm hoping Devin Booker bounces back from game three and in game four start shooting the ball better and i'm hoping that Drew holiday what we saw uh continues forward and and i know like i the Giannis post spin is one of the most like i don't understand how you stop that and and the sun's through you had jay crowder you know you're trying to get strength and speed on him you know someone who who can be physical with with Giannis, but also has the speed to maybe keep your foot keep keep up with your uh, feet and and and, and spacing. They put DeAndre Ayton on him, but God, when he gets in, when he backs up into that post, the low post, and then just like spins baseline, there's no help, and it's an easy dunk. And it just it's amazing to me that that play is so effective. But it is because it's Giannis, and you can't stop that. A guy who hyperextended his knee his fucking five knee. minutes ago. Both of it's us insane. would be in the hospital still if that. Oh, had I would have just been like, "That's it. I'm done. I will see you all next year. Have fun, Bucks." Right. I I would have retired. I would have been like, "This this isn't worth <laughs> it. I, my knee hurts." I oh, fuck I, it. Quit. So the Bucks shot thirty nine percent from outside which is helpful in game three. Drew Holiday, as you said, was five for 10 from three point, 50% from outside, eight for 14 overall. He was a plus 22 in the game. Giannis was a plus 20. Drew Holiday did his job on yeah. both ends. Bobby Portis plus 19. Yeah, it, I mean, him. Come, the fact that when Aiton goes out and the Bucks finally realize that they can like attack the interior and Mm, there's little to nothing that anyone can do about it. And that's not just a son's problem. Like you name the team where someone can like really go up against Giannis at this level. There isn't one, maybe AD, maybe, I guess Uh, a a very healthy Joel. Sure. Totally. But But like like, that's, but that's once every blue moon that Joel has no lingering knee issues. And the thing is like, even if you can, try to contain him he's still going to be able to affect the game because he is like those other guys that score 40 and 10 in finals games right like right. these are all-time numbers you're saying frank kaminsky can't shut down Giannis in the paint i mean you know god bless and it sucks that he wasn't <laughs> able to do better than that in front of the wisco crowd uh, <laughs> Because I do feel like if he had done well, like the the Bucks fans maybe would have been like Frank the Tank, you know, like giving him a little bit of love. Um, but this game, game three, 
two important things happened that really contributed to why the Bucks won by as much as they did. Aiton got in foul trouble, and yep. that domino falling is tremendous. I mean, it's like an asteroid hitting a planet. Well, because- it's a whole, the Suns are a whole different team without him. And you just can't do anything about Giannis, even though that when both Giannis and Aiton are on the floor, they're basically sort of even. I think maybe the Suns have a slight advantage, but they're they're playing just about as well as they possibly can. When you right. take Aiton out of that and replace him with your third string, not even your second string, but who's no you know great shakes, but like you, they just don't have the size. Right. And the second thing is Devin Booker, who, again, did not play in the fourth quarter of game three. Devin Booker, prior to Pat Beverly breaking Booker's face open in the last series against the Clippers, yep. Booker was scoring 29 points per game, seven rebounds per game, five dimes per game, shooting 49% from the floor and 38% from three. Since Pat Bev broke Devin Booker's face all the way open. Booker is shooting 22 points per game, grabbing four boards, four dimes, still good, 36% from the floor, 29% from three. Now, a lot of that is because he went one for seven from three in game three, but still, it's... We also went one for seven in game six against the Clippers. He's injured. And he went one for eight in game one against the Bucks. The guy can't fucking can't breathe. See. It's also his first finals and he's like seven yeah. years old. And, you know, like Aiton, who is maybe 22, maybe something like that. Like he's still a baby and he's kind of playing Giannis just about as well as anyone could. Yeah. Like there's there's a certain recognition that when players are at this level, there's just nothing you can fucking do about it. Like sometimes, yes, you have Kawhi, a guy who can credibly guard a dude like Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James, you know, like Luca, like, but that's maybe a dude that doesn't exist anymore. But there's two players in the NBA who can do that. And it's Kawhi and it's Marcus Smart. And Kevin Durant, like, gave it his all and maybe almost won that series by himself and also had one God. of the greatest playoffs. If he games. just, if his it's foot was just half a size big smaller, feet, man, big ass feet, it's all, all what it comes but down to. But that's the thing. It's like those, when you put up performances like that and you don't get enough from the rest of your team, right? That's why it's so goddamn heartbreaking because you, you really did do everything you possibly could. Like, Giannis had six dimes in game three. Four of them came in the first quarter. Giannis was trying to get everybody else going. Like he was the distributor for the Milwaukee Bucks in the first quarter. He's like, no, I trust you guys. I want, I know you guys can score. I know we can do this together. Mm-hmm. It's not like he was playing dominator the entire game. The first quarter, he was like, yo, Drew, here, get it. Guys. I I trust you. I believe in you. I'm the leader of this team. We're all going to play at the level we know we can. And that kind of confidence in your team from a super duper star, which is what Giannis has been playing like the past two games. And I can't believe he looks healthier and healthier, by the way. I think Eurostep was a scene. It was utterly insane. I don't 
I don't understand how this man's body works. But the thing is, it's like it's you, you, direct comparison. Giannis busts his knee and is somehow playing on God level. Granted, uh, and uh, and Devin Booker can't see straight. Which I've heard, I have an incredible authority that like if you see, just shoot for the middle hoop. Isn't that like the wise words of one LeBron James who was so brutally uh, injured against the Warriors that he just threw up a prayer and and the basketball gods gifted it to him because he needs as many gifts as he can get. I mean, he's he's earned it. I think we can. You would think though, but maybe the basketball gods really should gone. just give less to him. Maybe the basketball gods should give left less to less. Him. He's lost more finals than anybody ever. Like, what do you mean? He's paid his dues. No, he hasn't. He's it's fine. I, I'm a Pistons fan. I hate. I should hate him more than everybody. It's fine. Um, the Suns usually, speaking of LeBron, you don't <laughs> ascend the mountain until you're 26, 27, or 28. Like, that's usually how the arc goes. I mean, like, Magic won his rookie year and played center for the in the finals when he had to. But, like, that's, I mean, that's, that's such a random occurrence. You yeah, know? that's like, nothing you should take seriously. And, of course, he had, like, all these other all-time Hall of Famers. So Booker, who is still super-duper young, is, like, busted up has never been this deep into the playoffs, not even fucking close. He's playing against a team. They won 32 games last year. Like they, this isn't even, this is a whole different universe from what they're used to. And his big is even younger than he is. And it's like, he's almost too young to realize, you know, it's like, right. And the crazy thing is, it's like the veteran presence on there. Chris Paul has never also never been to a finals game before. Like Jay Crowder has the most finals experience there. And, and, and right, I think and that's, that's just one year. Like, that's right, exactly. Year he was on, he was on the heat last year. Like, I think that's something that's such a, one of the reasons why we might see such big swings between home and away games from teams and just why this like series is, is I think really exciting. And, and clearly, I, I don't know if you've seen like the uh, good old, uh, you know, uh, uh, audience counting numbers, viewing numbers, viewership whatever those viewer ratings there it is ratings uh this series has done a lot better than last year which shocking because it's small market lakers um but one of the things that's so exciting about this is the fact that there isn't that like calming veteran finals presence where it's like we've been here we know how to handle this it's like both of these teams are just kind of like shit (laughs) uh let's just kind of do it and see what happens and i think that's why the crowd plays so much into it because they're going to feed off of that they're going to flow with you know with the uh with the ebbs and flows of of a you know a a fan base and and the crowd cheering for you and it's so much easier to get like up and excited and and playing at a high level when there's people rooting for you and when there are people aren't actively rooting against you like there's not that presence on that team to be like hey guys you know i've been here before or we've been here before and like it's just you know it's like any other game we can do this uh, neither of those, neither of these teams have that presence, despite having like, you know, the, your typical roster construction of like young studs and veteran people who, who are there to kind of like mentor, you know, Chris Paul, uh, you have PJ Tucker, um, on the bucks and, and, but like th- none, none of those guys have finals experience. So it's, 
it's a really interesting dynamic because of that. And it's leading to a very like a wildly unpredictable, but also very predictable finals. And my man, it's the coaches too. Not a single yeah. goddamn motherfucker knows what they're doing. No, yeah. It's like everyone woke up and was like, oh, wait, what? The finals? What is this? You know, it's like tasting a food for the first time. You're, you know, it's like little bites. And so the reactions are sometimes overreactions. And really all that you're hoping for in this make or miss league is that everyone aside from the stars is at least baseline competent right. and successful. Cause it's like, you can't really control whether the shots are going to go in. There's only so much you can do with coaching. There's only so much you can do with shot placement. Like if CP three is going to get you the ball in your sweet spot and you can't hit the shot. Well, like, I mean, that was still good process. You were still right. where you wanted to be. Um, you know, if Phoenix shoots just a little bit better, I mean, Jay Crowder was seven for eight, I think from three, like he shot well from the perimeter. This game It's just, you want everyone to be doing it at once <laughs> or, you know, at least have enough. You ready? Showtime on May 3rd. Summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's... I do want to give credit to the Bucks, like in in game in this past game, game three, like PJ Tucker was on Booker a lot. So mm -hmm. I don't want to just say that like, oh, Booker's hurt. It's like that was a good decision. Tucker, it really seemed like he slowed Devin Booker down. I mean, they're basically the same height, I think. Maybe Tucker has a few inches, but it certainly has some poundage. When Tucker got obliterated. Oh. By that Cam oh. oh my god oh my god cam that was cam johnson's dunk on pj tucker like uh, you don't usually see something like that in the finals because it wasn't it was one, the, of the stars versus the words. one of the stars it was like who the fuck is cam johnson and like pj tucker plays for milwaukee and well, then it's, expression it's also like, it's like one of those fuck? perfect it's one of those scenarios where this that dunk in particular really only comes in a blowout and those aren't often in the finals where it's like you get that clean lane to the hoop no one's really playing defense on you and like the guy who's in the you know pj tucker is like all right i'm gonna try to take a charge here because no one's like slowing this guy down and cam johnson just rises the fuck up gives pj tucker a real good look at his nuts and then dunks it right on him and it that was 
Oh my God. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. It is one of the most absurd, greatest dunks, certainly of this season. I, I It was, it was ridiculous. Cam Johnson is now just like forever. Like that is, that is the way that you imprint your name on the biggest stage. Uh, people, people are going to now be paying attention to Cam Johnson, who's been good for the Suns this whole year. And now he's going to, he's going to be getting all of the notoriety. Yeah, the cams have been super nice for these Phoenix Suns. Also, like, no referee in the history of the galaxy would have called a charge on that because it's like, you want to get out of here with our lives. That was an incredible basketball moment. We're just, we're going to let it go, (laughs) you know? Foster's like, not blowing the whistle on this. Keep it in. Yeah, I, whatever. We don't need to get into the (laughs) bullshit. (laughs) Scott Foster loves CP3. It's the most incredible thing in the world. I absolutely love it. But the fact that Phoenix, like they're not even playing their, what's his name? Jalen Green. I forget whoever they, they uh, took in the first round in the draft, but it's like they're, they have a, a, both teams are basically now down to like eight guys that you trust. And then you throw other dudes in there when you have to like Abdul Nader, that didn't right. work out. You know, Celtics like, legend Abdul Nader. And also, you know, the Brolo minutes are like Bobby Portis did really well, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. to the point where like people were chan- chanting Bobby, Bobby, which is really funny because the last time he had national exposure was when he punched the shit out of his <laughs> teammate in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> um we don't but, condone violence on this podcast. And, you know, Tory Craig is coming back from being injured, but he was also for three from outside. Because um, he was injured. I mean, the Suns are banged up. There's there's not two. You can't really. Uh, dude, but one of the things that we were adamant narrative. about last week was like. And really throughout this entire playoffs is Giannis has to be the one who's taking the most shots on the Bucks, And this yep. past game, he was. Yep. So he took 23 shots overall. The free throws you can't depend on. He went 13 of 17 from the line. It's like his second best free throw, you know, performance in a playoff game ever, which isn't, you know, all that many. But, like, you you cannot expect Giannis to do that well from the line again, and you can't expect the Suns to shoot that poorly from three again. So I am still skeptical that the Bucks have enough to win the series because i do feel like phoenix being up one really matters but if the bucks take the second game at home and it's 2-2 then obviously they have the best player on the court so it would make sense for them to win but if middleton ghosts again if drew ghosts again you know if devin booker has a devin booker game then yeah like you can but just like you said, neither of these two teams have been here before, so we really don't know what to expect. It's the biggest stage. The pressure's on. Giannis is playing historically incredible basketball. Like, the fact that he just dominated the inside as hard as he did was beautiful to see because, God damn it, that's what we've been wanting. That's where he should be at all times. He should be. He should basically just be this generation's Shaq, where you're just like, literally can't stop him in the paint and why would you ever try to do anything else he's got his 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 fadeaway i will say out of the post not terrible not terrible he's he made a couple of those and it was looking pretty smooth that that when he gets in the backs him in and then just uh, there's a little fadeaway turnaway jumper and it's fine to take those 
when you the rest of your shots are hyper efficient. Like right, we should right, right, right. remember the most efficient shot in the NBA is a dunk or a layup. The threes help you with the math, but they're not the most efficient shot. So when you can dominate the inside like the Bucks did, that really fucking helps you, especially if the perimeter players can complement it with their, you know, ultra math. Like the fact that Drew went. 50% from outside and took that many, took 10 threes. 10 threes. That's nice. That's nice. It's mm-hmm. like you, you wonder whether, I mean, Brolos played 21 minutes. That's, and Pat Connaughton played 30, but Brolo still started. Like he's still one of their better three point shooters. It mm-hmm. still makes sense for him to play, but um, as soon as it, things start going south in game four, if they do with Brillo on the court, he's gone. You just need to pull him. Yeah. Yep. You just need 100%. to be like, all right, fine. Let's go. Like, no, yeah. These amongst these guys, like this is this game three stat line and just shot attempts is like how you, I think personally, every bucks game should ever look like you should have like Chris Middleton, half of his shots were from three drew holiday, 10 of 14 shots were from three uh, PJ Tucker had what five field goal I know, attempts? A PJ two of them Tucker were for offense sighting. Holy shit! I know, shit. incredible. Seven whole points, PJ Tucker. Um, but basically, yeah, it should just be Giannis has like twenty five attempts in the paint, like right under the hoop, and if not, he kicks it out to open guys who can just hit threes. That's it's the it's the offense that Giannis should be have been playing in forever. It's the offense that Ben Simmons needs to play in. It's the offense that anyone who doesn't have a jump shot should play in. And it's also sort of a playoffs kind of necessity. Like you don't mm. want you you don't want Giannis and Ben Simmons to get the shit kicked out of them all year. That means that they're not right, 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 right. I see what you're saying. Ready for the playoffs, like right. But when it comes to playoff game, when it comes to like crunch moments, it's like that's your that's your offense because literally because you just can't stop those guys on the, in the inside. Especially, especially when your opponent only has one real big who can play against you and they have and, to, they have Scott to Foster kicked him out of the game. Like, but we talked last week about how Aiton has been mature beyond his years. Right. In terms of the fouls. Yeah, for sure. And this was like his one bad game. And I mean, there was a part. And the Bucks took advantage of it. And that's like, that is important. That's the thing that like right. in game two where that didn't happen for them. Like you need to, when you have that edge, you need to use that and stomp on their throats uh, and and get the win. And they they were able to do that in game three. Uh, let's move on to some game four chatter. Cause so what are your, what's your vibe for game four? Because like I said earlier, I do feel like whoever wins game four is going to take this series. You are, are you sticking by your sons in five? Cause if so, that should already predetermine who you're having in game four. Right which is difficult for me because like, should I react too strongly to like the bucks and four? That's it. That's the only viable answer for you now. Absolutely. And then get into a fight with somebody and be yep. much punch him right in the face and then calmly look at the camera and say bucks and four. It's that's just a regular Friday night for me. I mean, I, I don't, I know it, Natty. Don't I know it. So the fact that Giannis keeps looking better and better is weird to me. That's <laughs> like, insane. So 
I do believe that the best player usually wins the series, especially yes. at this level. Yes. Um, but that's usually like a team winning the fourth game when they've been down 0-2 is sort of like a LeBron comeback series, you know, and it's like, all right, we have momentum and like we figured right. out how to attack the opponent's defense. And now I just get to go off the leash and be, you know, Galactus and just try as hard as we can because there's nothing left to do really. Like we spent the first two games fucking up. The yep. only thing left is to try to win riding me because I'm the best player. And Giannis does look like a world eater. He looks like a world devourer and Drew and Chris are his heralds and there's no Fantastic Four on the other side. There's no <laughs> great nullificator or whatever the fuck it is that Mr. Fantastic has. Um, because CP3 still played well in game three. It wasn't his fault. He mm -hmm. played well. Nine dimes, I think. Like, if I'm the Bucks, I am just targeting Aiton and trying to get yeah, him in foul for trouble sure. as early as possible and that doesn't need to be Giannis you know like maybe that's why you start Brolo because it's like all right man just do some post-ups in the first quarter right. and just try to get him in foul trouble if we can right. get two quick fouls on him the rest of the game changes uh and it just does seem like such an exposed soft belly for the Suns like they it really didn't that second quarter. I, I was just blown away. I was like, the Suns don't even look like they have a chance. Yeah. Um, and they did make runs in the second half, but, uh, but then they benched Booker for the rest of the, for the fourth. Yeah. I don't know if benched is the right word to say. Like me, I mean, politely know, asked to fucked up. Maybe his head hurts. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Also maybe Monty Williams is like, listen, man. Oh, I don't think, I don't think benched. Yes. Like, I don't think it was not, benched in the sense. Like, you suck. We need to get back. I think it was like, this game is lost. We're just not going to, we're not going to try to make a real effort to get back into it. And we're going to keep you on the sideline because clearly. Right. And no one has really out. criticized Monty Williams for that. And I don't really want to either, but no, I think it's a it, fair decision. Like I guess. you have three stars. If Aiden already has foul trouble and then you pull Booker for the fourth too. Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, you're hobbling it, it, yourself. It definitely seals your fate, which, you know, is ultimately what happened. So and maybe like, it was his plan all along. Maybe he had money on the game. Probably. I mean, probably. Hopefully he gets paid even more if they do well. <laughs> but also, like, if Aiden's getting into foul trouble, then I sort of feel like, yo, fuck it. Just try to have him stay out there as long as he can. Tell him to be physical. You know, mm -hmm. like, if, we're, if we can't play him because of fouls, then we can't play him because of fouls. So just right. go out there and do your fucking best and let's see what happens. Uh, you know, like, I I am so skeptical that the Suns will shoot under 30% from three again. You know, like, that's just not how this team is constructed. They're a jump-shooting team. Um, so, so is that is that locking Suns, Suns winning game four for you? I can't do that though because oh I love the green. Gosh, green. Daddy. Well, okay. I'll think about you. Make the argument. You. What do you think? Oh, I think. I think. I think the Bucks are winning Game Four. I mean, I said Suns and six, so I. I can. I can have the Bucks win Game Four, and then you go back to Phoenix. The Suns win in Phoenix again, and then I just think that 
three, you know, three, two, you're going to Milwaukee, but I think that that team, you, you know, you can say it's Chris Paul wills it to happen or, or whatever, just that, that, you know, they're the ones, they feel like the ones more likely to get the road win. And ultimately, if they don't, if it does always play at home, then Phoenix still has the advantage because, you know, right. their game seven is going to be in Phoenix. So uh, ultimately, I'm still sticking with the with uh, Phoenix winning this the finals overall. Uh, they just I, I I I know Giannis can do it on the road. I know Giannis can you can put him anywhere in the fucking world and he'll drop 40 and 10 on you with ease. But it's whether or not. Drew Holiday specifically, can Drew Holiday give you 20 plus points on the road? And we haven't really seen that certainly in this finals. And I think they're going to, yeah, I think the Bucks take game four. It's going to be 2-2 going back to Phoenix. And then ultimately I'm still sticking with Phoenix winning in six. I, I agree. I think that Phoenix still wins. I just don't trust the Bucks shooting. I really don't. Like they just haven't, and, uh, you know, after Giannis has an incredible, you know, game from the floor, but it's like, if Middleton and Drew aren't both playing at least medium, if not, right. and like both at the same time, like one of them right, can right, have right. an up game and the other one has a down game and, you know, it's like a toss up at this point, but like you, you want at least a run of consistency and you know, Middleton was, I don't want to say he was quiet. He had 18 points, but yeah. it didn't really seem like it was the Middleton from that we saw in the first two games where they, I mean, they were just feeding him in game one. He had what, 23 yeah, shots I, in game or yeah, something? Yeah, he had 26 shots in game one. I mean, game one was, he was 29 points, you know, shot five of 12 from, th- like he was, game one was his game. Uh, and it didn't align with, and that's the bummer is it didn't align with Giannis right. and you needed it to align with Giannis. Cause if Chris Middleton had done that game in game two bucks easily win game two. Totally. So the bucks are like the three body problem. Like it's impossible yeah, totally. to predict, but when it all aligns, it's incredibly, they, they win by 20 points. They absolutely blow a team out. And so like, I wouldn't be surprised by either outcome right now, just because looking at phoenix without ayton was terrifying yeah, it just adds, yeah. yeah. i mean poor frank kaminsky man like, like <laughs> he just wanted to play in front of the fucking you know state where he went to college <laughs> player of the year and he's getting absolutely embarrassed um you know Giannis is 611 and he's just built out of adamantium because yeah. apparently you can twist his knee any direction you want it to. And it's totally fine. It's totally, he'll, he'll just come right back and, you know, he'll have a bad game one and then game two, he'll go 40 and 10. And then game three, he'll go for like, what if he keeps scoring 40 and 10? What if he just goes like, I'm the new shack, but with, you know, a bit more distributing. Like it's, the thing, the thing is, is that. Would you be surprised if he did that? Because I don't know if I would be. I used to think that centers and bigs were fungible, and now centers and bigs are playing like guards. Yeah, and the guards are all getting taller. You it's, know, CP3 is fucking ninety-seven years old. So, like, everyone's becoming 
like the wing, the perimeter player, right, right. small forward is now sort of the top of the triangle and everybody else is getting closer and closer to it. Um, it's really incredible to see because again, that first quarter, like you could just see Giannis was like, we need everybody. Right. We have to get everybody involved. Like it can't just be one person. And that's real finals leadership. Like that reminds me of, you know, Braun on the heatles when he finally figured it out and was like, okay, I'm the alpha, but I still need to get Chris Bosch involved. I still need to get D Wade going. Like you need to lift the team. That's what I mean, Giannis, the, the crazy lifted. thing. Yeah. Well, you have quarter one. I mean, he does that in, in the first quarter four assists, like you said, while still scoring seven points, quarter two, 11 points, quarter three, 16 points. Like he got everyone warmed up and then he was like, great. I'm going to build us a lead. <laughs> and what? then, and then let's ride. Um, yeah. If Giannis, if Giannis goes on, like, I just, I would like the history books to make sure that this is taken into consideration when we like Giannis, if Giannis is, goes on to, even if it's like 30 and 10, what a downgrade that would be. The fact that, Five games ago, four games ago, it was like Giannis's knee is obliterated. Yeah, the Bucks are done. Game set right. match. Right. And this this man is now currently 40 and 10 back to like it's, it's it is truly incredible. I think that there is no room on this earth for Giannis Slander. He is absolutely incredible. And I have had so much enjoyment watching him play, regardless of his lack of shooting or the time he takes on free throws, like his game still translates so well to a viewing experience. And it's, it is always, he always has like one or two physical feats during game where you, you can't comprehend how and what he is doing. Be it the chase down block in, I think that was game one where mm-hmm. he's like covers the court in five strides or he's jumping and, before the goddamn passes. It's insane. It is insane. Yaza Tetacumpo is, uh, there's just, yeah, I, like I said, there's no room for slander. He is without a doubt, one of the top three players in the NBA right now. And he, he well deserves it. He well deserves it. And if they win, if the bucks win this finals on the, on his back on a busted knee while averaging 35 and 10, like, I mean, do we come into, do you come into 2021, the 21-21 season being like, Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now? I was thinking this exact thing, Pete, and it led me down this dark path. Oh, no. Giannis ends up winning these finals, playing this way. Everyone's going to look back at Joker winning the MVP, and they're going to laugh. And they're going to be what the fuck? And then they're going to read all of the articles and they're going to be like, so wait a second. Giannis didn't even really get considered because he'd won the previous two years. So he was the best player. And then everyone's like, well, I'm bored of this. So now he's not. What happened to Harden? I mean, it's what happens to everybody. Like MJ was unquestionably. Oh yeah. The fact that, what was it? Derek Rose. I mean, Love, love me some D Rose, but Derek Rose winning MVP when I was like in the height of it's just there's there are many points where you point to you know a clear MVP guy who should just basically be raking them in and but someone else. This is a sign of a leader when you yeah. are universally acknowledged as an MVP candidate every year, 
and you lose because you took a step back to maybe lift the rest of your team and to like focus on some things that maybe the general public doesn't care so much about, you know, like post moves and, you know, screens and just using the mental expenditure to keep your entire team going. Like that is something that doesn't get considered with the MVP. And it's sort of a sign that you made it. Like LeBron not winning MVPs is almost more a sign of how great he was because everyone was a tired of him winning it. (laughs) He was focusing on other things that do make him more valuable to the team, but that don't show up in box scores. Don't really show up when you're watching the game. It's more about preparing your team to actually win it. And so those are the players who end up winning the goddamn finals when they didn't win the MVP. And Giannis, I mean, we've said it a couple of times already, like this is, these are historic numbers he's putting up and you can put as many asterisks around things as you want to. It doesn't change the fucking scoreboard. He's doing this. It doesn't matter who his opponent is and it is incredible to watch. And I think people do like watching it. I think people love Giannis and I think they actually kind of like his sort of neo old school game like everyone knows he can't shoot from three right and everyone knows that he's bad at free throws but he does enough offensive spectacular shit aside from that that people still love him and that's why ben simmons doesn't get the love because he's not at the offensive level that Giannis is even though you know he's what three years younger like when he's 26 or 27 maybe he'll be doing those things too but um it is it's a delight to watch. It's so different from all the other finals over the past 10 years. It's so, so different. It's awesome. Gotta love me some Giannis. Uh, before we wrap up, anything you want to add before we go? I do want to say that the coaching I've ragged on a lot. And I just want to say that it's so fucking hard and I just want to give props to the coaches because they do make adjustments, even though I think that they take a long time to do it. And I think sometimes they make the wrong adjustments at the wrong time in the game. They're still basically doing, I think they're what the correct thing is to do in this series. And it's punch counter punch, you know, it's two samurai facing off, Not everything you try is going to work. The process, even when it's good, might still not work. You know, you might get Drew Holiday 10 open shots from outside and he only makes two of them next time. But they do come around. And so I, like, I can't say I'm impressed with Bud Holzer. I am impressed with Monty Williams because anyone who can be Chris Paul's coach is impressive to me, (laughs) uh, especially a second time around. But also because of how well Aiton and Booker have done. Like they, again, none of these people have been here before. Right. And they do look very profesh. They look and very, they look like they, they look prepared for the spotlight. They're not, but even though, you know, Bunnholzer looks like Hobo with a shotgun, like he's not, <laughs> you know, doing crazy shit. Like not yet. They, it's only a matter of yeah, time. Hobo with a yeah. shotgun's coming about, coming out, firing it. They lose game four. Game five is going to be a fucking <laughs> Rutger Hauer on crack. 
but I just want to give them their love because they are here and it's an awesome series so far, even though the end scores don't really suggest Mm. that the games were good. Like the first three quarters of every game has been extremely interesting and it's just a different type of basketball than we're used to. And I'm, I, I I don't want to hate on them too much because it's nitpicking people who are at the absolute apex of their field. Look at you. Look I at you, Maddie. Bad. I felt Maturing. bad. Maturing. You're so mature. You're so mature. They should call you DeAndre Ayton. I, yeah, if only I wouldn't foul out every single day. <laughs> if only I wasn't. If only I was seven feet tall and uh, played in the and NBA. And he's a legit seven foot. That's the other oh, thing. He, he's a big boy. Like Giannis is 6'11 at least. And there's just so few people that are that tall and athletic in the yeah. league. You know, it's like, that's why Durant versus Giannis was so important because it's like, oh, these guys actually can look each other in the fucking face when they stand next to each other. Like Aiton is one of those guys. So I think almost more than anything else, even with Giannis playing at this level, I think Aiton's, I I think our consideration of Aiton has changed the most. He looks like a dude, like all NBA next year, maybe? Saucy takes from Natty Wallach. If you want to hear more of those saucy takes, make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also Fantasy Baseball Show, which has been making its comeback. So make sure you tune in there. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Long Two Podcast, and we will be back at you next week. Natty, until then, my friend, uh, stay safe. You do the same. Enjoy game four, everybody. <laughs>